0: hello welcome to the valley view podcast episode 33 i'm tyler i'm here with matt we're recording early again this is the last episode for a while hopefully well we'll see but it was the last episode for a while that we're recording a week before its release date because matt is on vacation next week Mm. um but i'm very excited for this podcast uh matt told me that he has some questions for me and wouldn't tell me what they were. So I'll be nice and surprised for it. But to start off with, we have an ad read from our very own map brand.
1: Yeah. We picked up a new sponsor, uh, in the past week or so. So we're thankful for that. the new sponsor is Bic, um, like Bic, the Bic pen company.
0: Mm. So not Bible instruction class.
1: No, no. It's like the Bic pen company. I think they make pencils too. Oh, um, So before I read what they've given us here, do you think we should be concerned that like the sponsorships are coming in from companies like BIC? Isn't that kind of an outdated?
0: I mean, we were sponsored by the big Ten network last week, so I think we're pretty relevant.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. I just, I don't know how much BIC is trying to connect with, uh, The next generation. When I think Bic pens, I think like really old school.
0: I feel like Bic would want to connect with the next generation because, you know, the the generation that's in school is using pens and pencils a lot. Are they? Well, yeah, you got to write stuff down. Like you do a lot more online now than you did in Uh the past, but you still are like filling out sheets of paper.
2: Well, maybe.
0: Unless I'm wrong.
1: I I mean, am I that old? I think a lot of it now is done on an iPad. Like our kids doing a lot of their homework, um, like on a tablet. So, I mean, I assume they still have to write a little bit, but you know, I, think I it's feel
0: a like lot they're less definitely is still busy work. That's true. It's probably le- it's definitely less than you did, yeah. And I would say definitely less than I did too, because I was like right at the beginning of the technology revolution. Okay, but okay. anyways, hmm. ad read from Bic.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, since 1875, Bic has been the pen of choice for writers who want to make an impression. And with the introduction of the mechanical pencil in 1981, Bic set the standard for innovation in the expanding world of dignified penmanship. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Really think a lot of themselves, I guess. Um, Bic roller pens are available in two standard colors, sky blue and jet black, and five extreme colors, green, pink, purple, Brown and teal. So a little parenthesis here because I've got more to read, but have you ever heard Brown called an extreme color? Extreme (laughs) or, or purple.
0: This is going to be the longest ad read ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the Bic world, Brown and purple are extreme. Mm. Um, Okay. Available through Amazon and your, um, Big box retailer of choice. When you want to make an impression, pick a Bic.
0: Yeah. I, uh, so, in case you're curious, Bic was actually founded in 1945. I was curious while you were reading what the real answer so, <laughs> to your question, to what you said was. Okay,
1: okay. So they uh, gave themselves a little more, bit more credit than that, 1875. I. It's probably bad form to say something negative about one of our sponsors so i'm just not going to say anything
0: you're not going to say anything about how big pens are notorious for just (laughs) crusting and not working and running out immediately you know what i'm not going to say anything like that no
1: no i'm not you know what i think of when i think of a big pen i think of how you you take the the lid like the the cap off of one of their like really cheap white pens Mm -hmm. and you just flick the little part that hangs down yeah. Until it, like, comes off. Well, I break them you all bend the time. Yeah. I have
0: been and break them all the time. Actually, fun fact, DuPont pens were actually founded in 1872. I've never heard of DuPont. I think I, well, maybe I haven't. It has a very fancy logo. I've heard the word DuPont for before. Tyler, do you like to write? I mean, I would say, okay, I feel like I enjoy writing an average amount, but compared to the general population, I probably enjoy it an above average amount. Because I feel like a lot of people don't like writing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the fact that I feel average about writing means that I probably like it above average.
2: Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. My
0: favorite, my favorite pen is a G2 by the way.
1: G2. Oh. How would you describe um, your writing style? Are you fast? Fast. So is it um, purely printing? Is it cursive? Is it a mixture of print Oh, and
0: handwriting? Cursive? I yeah, yeah. hate handwriting. My handwriting is so messy. Okay. I, I thought you meant like, I thought you meant like composing text.
1: I see. All right. I should have, I should have been more specific. How do you feel about handwriting?
0: I feel like I'm really bad at it. Okay. I'm just really messy.
1: You feel like you have bad penmanship. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. No, I, I I do write fast, Mm -hmm. but my handwriting is very messy. Not as messy as Soren's. Shout out to Soren who may or may not be listening (laughs) to this podcast, but my handwriting is very messy.
1: So you don't get any pleasure out of writing. It's something to be gotten through as quickly as possible, it sounds like. Purely utilitarian, no real um, beautiful act going on there in your writing or desire for that. I
0: would say, yeah, typically that. I mean, every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I'm really enjoying writing this thing down, but not not typically.
1: (laughs) Okay. How often do you have that feeling?
0: Once every few months. I don't know. (laughs) This might be, this is probably on the more boring side of the conversations we had. What else do we have to talk about, Matt?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really enjoying it. Uh,
0: Well, I'm glad that you are. That's good for you.
1: Yeah. Well, I know we've got some listeners that really like uh, writing. Um, So we're all enjoying hearing about your feelings about that. So um, we've got a question to talk about related to the prophets today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask that one second. Um, We're going to, we talked last time about um, the difficulty of reading the prophets in the Bible. And today we're going to ask the question, what's the benefit of reading the prophets? Um, But before we do that, um, I had something else I wanted to ask Tyler about. So we've got a men's retreat coming up at our church in about a month, month's Mm -hmm. time. And um, I'm going to, through the course of the retreat, I'm going to give like three three lessons or there's three teaching times. And my topic for the weekend is going to be having a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm. So the topic is personal relationship with Jesus. And what I want to know, Tyler, is that a phrase that you've heard before?
0: Yeah, plenty of times. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So what do you think that means? What does that mean to you? The idea of having a personal relationship with Jesus?
0: Well, I mean, I think of it as like, the relationship that I have with Emily is definitely a personal relationship. The mm-hmm. relationship that I have with you or with Justin or with any of my other friends is it's a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. I think of a, a similar. I think of that similarly to a relationship with Jesus, but also different, right? Because Emily or you or my buddy Justin are not like the, the King of the World who died on a cross for me, you know? No, so. I'm not. So I would say, like, level of, like, level of comfortability would be similar to that, mm-hmm. but there's definitely some different, like, aspects of it, because Jesus did stuff for me that none of you guys did.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: And loves me more than you guys do, even though, you know. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Just, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, to state the obvious, um,
1: Jesus is someone that we can't see right now, that we can't uh, sit down at the table across from like you and I could sit down across from each other at the table and notice body language and like I you know talk eye to eye and and stuff like that so like what would you tell someone in the youth group that came to you and said how do I how am I supposed to have a personal relationship with someone that I can't see like that's a really abstract concept (laughs) how do I like what does that look like to have a personal relationship with Jesus? What are we supposed to do? Like, how would you answer that?
0: So I have an answer to that question that I think is relatively original. And then to expand on my original answer, I get very unoriginal. The The original answer to how to have a personal relationship with Jesus is hang out with him. um, Like, like spend time with him. Um, and that's like a nice like original answer that goes like oh yeah nice cool hang out with him
2: mm-hmm. but then
0: to explain what hang out with him means then I get very unoriginal because okay. the, the ways that <clears throat> have been prescribed to us and shown to us as ways to hang out with God and with Jesus are to read the Bible that he's given us uh-huh. and talk to him <clears throat> which we call prayer yeah um yep I think I'm, that's
1: pretty common
0: it's just such a standard youth pastor sure. answer and I almost like get tired of that being my answer because I don't want to be basic, but like, it is just the answer, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm all about saying things in like new and creative ways and, and like trying to make things interesting and come alive in different ways. But mm-hmm. I won't do that at the expense of what I think is actually true. And I think it is actually true that the way that w- the, the two primary ways that we're supposed to hang out with Jesus are by reading the Bible and praying.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so, I mean, worship okay. is a way to do that too. Like service. Like there's lots of other ways to do it, but like, I, I, I can't ignore what I think it's the, how we're supposed to hang out with Jesus.
1: Yeah. So what does that look like uh, for you? You talked about sitting down, reading your Bible, talking to him. Um, So is a person supposed to sit down and maybe open up their Bible to Matthew chapter one and two and read a couple chapters in the Bible and say a prayer? Is that having a personal relationship with Jesus or is there more to it than that?
0: <laughs> I think that could be a description of uh, hanging out with Jesus and mm-hmm. having a relationship with him. And mm-hmm. I think it also could not be,
2: mm-hmm. I mean,
0: cause it's not the wonderful thing about a relationship with Jesus is that it's not about the stuff that you do that makes you have a relationship with him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's about what you believe. And if you're trying to follow him, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where the, the, the hang out with him answer becomes more relevant because if you sit down and read a couple chapters of Matthew and, and pray a little bit, and you're doing that because that's the good Christian thing to do, and it's just a, a task to check off in your day, yeah, and you're not really thinking about the person of Jesus who wants to hang out with you,
2: uh-huh.
0: then yeah, you're, you're probably not doing the right thing, right? You're, you're probably not hanging out with Jesus. Uh-huh. But if you like, if, if you get up and you read a couple chapters of Matthew and you say a prayer and talk to Jesus, and your goal in that is, yeah, Jesus, I want to hang out with you. Um, some days you're really going to feel that, like, it's going to feel really nice and good and wonderful. And some days you're not really going to feel a whole lot. It's going to be like, Jesus, are you even here? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's like, that's the faithful mentality that we're supposed to have when we are pursuing a relationship with Jesus. Like we're, we're doing things. Yes. Like you are doing works, but you're not doing those works because it's just the good, noble thing to do that. Maybe if you do enough good, noble things then Jesus will like you, it's it's the stuff that you do because this is how we're given to hang out with Jesus. Yeah. And, and as you, and as you do those like very like obvious and prescribed and direct things, th- there are other ways throughout your day and throughout your life that you can hang out with Jesus too. I mean, like, like, like I said, I brought up like worship music as an example. I don't do this every time I drive, but there are times when I'm like, I just need to hang out with Jesus. So I put on some worship music and a lot of times I get to hang out with Jesus when I do that, you know, yeah. and some days you're just walking and, and you're thinking and you it, yeah, it just.
1: So this is great. So pretend that I'm 67 years old. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I listened to this podcast and then I saw you on Sunday and I came up to you and said, Tyler, can you explain to me what you really mean by hang out with Jesus? I don't quite know what that means. Like what's the difference between hanging out with Jesus and having just kind of a perfunctory quiet time that you know, doesn't really get me anywhere. Because it seems like you're using the phrase hang out with Jesus for a a better quality experience. Oh, a better quality of time. Yeah, yeah. So um, flesh out what hanging out with Jesus really means in in words that like a
2: 67-year-old can understand.
0: (laughs) Um, The, well, I don't know if this is the way a a a 67-year-old can understand. It's just a more like theological way of describing what I'm saying. I don't know. Like, so- the Bible talks a lot about our hearts and their qualities and their attitudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible talks about how our heart without Jesus without God is vile and deceitful and who can understand how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we decide I want to follow Jesus, I want to have a relationship with him. I want to, I, I want that. Um, the, the Bible talks about how you're, when you, when you make that decision, and the Holy spirit enters you regardless of the order of those things, Mm -hmm. your heart switches from what's called a heart of stone to a softened heart or like a heart of flesh. Um, Mm -hmm. and so when I say hang out with Jesus, I I mean, like as you're doing these things that are good things, you're, yeah, you're, you're not doing them for some perfunctory reason of, I want to, I want to do a nice thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing it because Mm -hmm. your desire is for your heart, to become more like Jesus and follow him more deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my youth pastor, when I was growing up once it said so the, the, the really big fancy theological word for this process of hanging out with Jesus and becoming more like him is called sanctification. Um, and the way that my youth pastor described that to me when I was growing up was like, if you think of two hands, I'm going to try to use a visual analogy on an audio podcast, but if you think of two hands, like one hand is your hand and one hand is Jesus's hand, the, and before you accept jesus the hands are we'll say that they're not touching i don't know if that's actually completely theologically correct but we'll say that um the hands are not touching when you accept jesus and decide you want to follow him start a personal relationship with him whatever whatever the phrase you want to use is the you overlap your hand with his um and overlapping your hand with his deciding to follow him like that that is salvific is the fancy word like it, when you're following Jesus, like you, you get to go to heaven.
1: Okay. So uh, should our, should our uh, listeners be understanding the picture of like a Venn diagram right now where there's just a partial overlap
0: uh, or, or a complete
1: overlap? You now how a Venn diagram. Yeah, so no, I like, know what you mean. Okay. I'm trying to
0: figure out, I, I would say, hmm, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I would say partial, partial overlap in our desires and Jesus's desires okay. full overlap in our eternal destiny and jesus's eternal destiny okay
2: All um
0: so then the is is that theologically okay yeah it might not be you can tell me i'm wrong um so then the fancy word for that like our eternal destiny being flipped to being able to go to heaven that's justification um but then sanctification it which is i started this with hanging out with jesus my dad would be proud of me i'm taking 10 minutes to answer a a very quick question um (laughs) sanctification is the process of our hand and jesus's hand overlapping more and more to, to the point when our, our desires and our wants and our wishes are more and more similar to what Jesus would want and wish and desire for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a process that like it, it never, our, our hands on earth are never completely overlapped with Jesus. Like there is never a point when mm-hmm. ev- every single want and desire of mine is the same as what Jesus would want and desire for me. Right. But, but the sanctification process is trying to get closer to that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is like the benefit and the goal of, of spending time with Jesus, hanging out with Jesus
2: mm-hmm. is
0: that I, when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm seeking to become more like him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm seeking for my desires to overlap more and more with his desires, because I believe, and I trust that his desires for me are better than my desires for me. Yeah. And, and I guess the, the, the proof of that is that the, the outworking of my own desires apart from Jesus is sinful and bad. And Jesus wanted to save me from the outworking of that so much that he died for it.
1: Absolutely good. So why do you think the Bible plays such a large role in that process? Um, You know, you've presented the the Bible and prayer as, as formative and the primary means by, by which that being conformed to his likeness happens. Um, why do you feel like the Bible plays such a prominent role, especially because so much of the Bible is hard to understand, especially when sure. you're young? Sure. Um, give some encouragement to people who really would like to do what you're talking about, but, but it's just, hard. But it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how do I, is it really <laughs> happening? Am I doing the right thing? I, I just sit down and I feel like I spent, you know, 15 minutes just running in circles and not understanding. What would you say to that person?
0: Um, so what is the.
1: So like, why does the Bible play such a central role? in this process of um, having a personal relationship with Jesus?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say because the way that the Bible presents itself and the way that we understand the Bible is that it is God's word to us. Like it, it is a book that was written by a bunch of people, but it was not written only by a bunch of people. Like would, the way we talk about that is that like God and human authors wrote the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the way that that was described to me when I was young was that when like Paul wrote one of his letters, he, looked at the letter that he had written. And he said, yep, that's exactly what I wanted to say. And this is again, not really, don't take this too far, but like the Holy spirit looking over Paul's shoulder, looked at the letter and says, yep, that is exactly what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And so,
0: yeah. So it was yeah. written by God and by human authors, um, which also I think i I'm, this is something I've been kicking around lately. Actually. I've, I'm wondering if that is part of why it's hard to understand because like the the basic answer to why the Bible is tough to understand is because the Bible is written to us or the Bible is written for us. Like what's in the Bible is important for us, but it's not written to us, right? Like Mm -hmm. nobody who was writing a book of the Bible was saying, okay, I'm specifically thinking about two pastors in the year 2022. And I'm writing this book. They weren't, they were thinking about Jewish or Gentile audiences in ancient Israel or in 2000 years ago, Rome or or the Roman empire, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, However, the words that they wrote to people 2000 years ago in Rome or thousands of years ago in like Hebrew culture, like those words and like those, those messages who, that I, again, I say are inspired by God. Those are relevant, not just for the people then, but also the people at every point in history up until today and into the future. So, Mm. and so this is where I, I haven't been taught this, but I'm wondering about this. Like, Maybe the reason it's so tough to understand is that it's written for us, but it's also written for someone in 1000 AD in ancient England. Mm-hmm. It, it's also written for someone in 2900, or like nine, 900 years from now in China, or whatever the country is called then if China still exists then or not. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe the reason it, it, it can be so tough for us to get it is because, yeah, it's written for us, but it's also written for people in all places and in all times. So the, the overlap and, and the preconceptions and the things that we understand, and, and the things that we're going to get out of it will be God's truth, just like there'll be God's truth to the people in all those other times and other places. But like, it can be tough because the way that we're reading it and the way that someone a thousand years ago in England was reading it is, is like drastically different. And yeah. God's communicating <clears throat> through it in both cases. So I, I guess it can take some work to say like, okay, well, how, what is God communicating here? Because he's also communicating to people all through all times. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that even makes sense. I don't know if I'm communicating what I'm thinking extremely well, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess my, the, the, <clears> the encouragement <throat> is like, yeah, it, it is tough. Like I'm, I'm a youth pastor and Matt's a pastor. And sometimes it's tough for us when we read the Bible to understand what, what's mm-hmm. going on and that's normal and okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but another, like another part of the, the, this, again, I keep saying sanctification. I don't, I don't like using the big words if I don't have to, but I think it, it gets out when I'm talking about the best, like, the the part of the sanctification process is like your desires and and wants and, and understandings and everything like the it's it's a process of becoming
2: mm-hmm.
0: more like Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and as we do that stuff, even on the days when it's not easy, mm-hmm. um, if we're doing it for the for the right and faithful reasoning of reason of wanting to know Jesus more and, and grow closer to Him, uh, it's not that like, not that like. It's it's not that you just get random knowledge, like a, like a bolt of lightning. Mm-hmm. But it's that if you, if you spend time with, with this book, the Bible for, for lots of time, for like years and years or months and months, it just mm-hmm. for, for lots of time, y- you see things, you see connections, you understand things more. And if, if you're studying it, you learn stuff that you didn't know. Like that's, that's what's so cool for me is like consistent. Like my job is that I get to learn stuff about the Bible and then tell other people about it. Mm-hmm. Like th- throughout that process, it, you'll always find confusing stuff, but, but more new things get opened up to you and more, more n- like new things become understandable. And it's just, it's, it's a really fun process. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned the Bible project a decent amount here and, and they, they say that part of this, especially in the old Testament is because the old Testament is called, or the, the, the genre of writing it is, is like ancient Jewish meditation literature. And, and the point of that kind of literature was that you read it for your whole life over and over again. And as you read it over and over again, you notice new things. Mm. Um, so it's normal that that when you read it the first time you're missing things, and somebody else who reads it who has been reading it more times sees more than you. That's normal. That's not bad. Um, our 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 exhortation and our like our, our faithful thing to do is to just keep reading it and, and like keep seeing new things in it and growing closer to Jesus through it. Mm. I,
1: I think that's a wonderful explanation. <clears throat> um, knowing. Knowing the Bible and knowing Jesus, I think, will always be inseparably connected.
0: Yes, but they are not identical. They're right? not.
1: They're not identical. Um, but we can say this: the the Bible is the written Word of God, and Jesus is the incarnate Word of God, mm-hmm. and. There's also this really interesting connection that the you just mentioned how the Bible has both divine and human origin. It, it has divine and human working together to create one whole. Um, it's the breathed out word of God, um, but it also comes through the mediation of human authors. Um, without confusion, without one overriding the other and dominating the other. It just is a divine human work. And we look at Christ and we see a very similar thing, almost a parallel idea that he himself is fully divine and fully human without confusion or one overriding the other. He just is the word of God, fully divine and fully human. So there's this interesting parallel between what we have in the scriptures, the written word of God and Jesus, the incarnate word of God. And you alluded to this as well, but this has been my experience too, that um, the more time you spend um, with the scriptures, um, the better, you know, them. And the same thing, of course, with Jesus, the more time you spend with him, the better, you know, him. And, you know, if you're struggling Um, reading through the Bible, um, my encouragement to you is just um, don't give up because it gets easier as you become more familiar with the terrain. And even as you get older and pull in different kinds of learning into your experience, um, it, it becomes more familiar. And as it becomes more familiar, it becomes more enjoyable. And, um, as it becomes more enjoyable, you'll want to spend more time there. And so it will become mm-hmm. more familiar and you will just increase in your enjoyment of it. And
0: then you get a whole other set, then you grow into having a whole other sets of struggles of like, how do I read this thing? that I know really well and still find new things in it, which I think can be an issue for some people that grow up in the church, you know? Yeah. Like not just yeah. saying like, okay. Yeah. I- Cause you, y- yeah. So it's easy to get to the point where you say like, oh yeah, I know everything in here. And that's dangerous too, because you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's
1: a pretty good sign that you probably haven't spent enough
0: time
2: there. <laughs> spend some more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I, I mean, two other things that I think are important to say about the Bible that aren't incredibly related to each other, but they're both related to this discussion. Um, I feel like we're painting. I, the first one is like, I feel like we're painting this like very beautiful picture. That's mm-hmm. like a real picture, you know, mm-hmm. of like, as you read the Bible more, you learn more and you like it more and, and mm-hmm. things improve and it's great and it's good. Mm-hmm. And I just need to tell you listeners that realistically, like it doesn't always feel like that on like a short-term or even sometimes a long-term basis. I mean, I might've mentioned this on the podcast, but we, Emily and I have a friend who for like three, she was going to a Christian college. And for three years of Christian college, she was consistently reading her Bible every day and trying to pray every day. And she felt like Jesus wasn't even there. Like she, she did not experience anything similar to, to hanging out with Jesus. Yeah. Um, and that kind of experience is, it, it can be so easy to get discouraged, you know, and lots of people like give up on the Bible or, and, or give up on Christianity as a whole. Cause they're like, okay, I'm doing this that I, that they say I'm supposed to be doing, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, it, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a very real thing that happens. And it, it like, that's not something that I'm trying to discount. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I am saying though, is like, cause, cause sometimes you also, this is also the first point again. Shout out to my dad. The second point has to do with my dad, but, um, pe- sometimes people think like, okay, well, I'm not getting something out of the Bible lately when I'm reading it. So I should just stop reading it mm. because I I don't want it to just be, I don't want to just go through the motions. Like we were talking about, it's not so good to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, you know, I, I also agree reading the Bible and feeling something great about it as you're reading it and feeling like you're hanging out with Jesus and being sanctified. Like all that is really good. Um, and I think that's even, that's better than just going through the motions. However, I, I just in general think that reading the Bible is better than not reading the Bible. So I, I would encourage you that if you are in like, sometimes as Christians, we use Christians and call that like a dry season where you're not really feeling right, it. Right. Um. I, I would encourage you to, to keep at it, even though it is difficult and sometimes feels pointless. Um. And I've even. Because it's still faithful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And before you make your second point related to your dad, I just want to say that the Bible itself even addresses those kind of problems. Like Mm -hmm. of, and I I think right away of Psalm 42 and 43, like this Mm -hmm. great longing for God, but also realizing that, you know, right now life is really hard and my soul is downcast and I'm just not seeing your goodness. And how long is it going to be this way? Sometimes it's three
0: years, sometimes it's more than that.
1: Yeah. So I think there's a lot of trust that, is built up between ourselves and the Bible when we realize that there's even Psalms in there that we can pray to God when we feel like that, you know, when we are in a dry season, because mm-hmm. that heart condition is even addressed as well that other people have walked that path before us and gone through that with God. So, mm-hmm. um, make, so we're just, not, make your second point.
0: We're not going to have time to talk about the prophets this week. And so I guess we'll just do it next week. Yeah. Um, my second point is relatively short, but it's one of the best. So, Dad. you're you're probably listening to this because you text me about the podcast kind of frequently. Um, Just so you know, I remembered this point that you made. And so did Alex and Alyssa, my siblings, because we talk about this sometimes. Um, The Bible, sometimes you read it and it's confusing and it doesn't make sense. I think that that's better than the alternative because we're human beings. We're reading this book that we're saying is written by God. If everything about the Bible that we read made total sense to humans, everything it, it was it was perfect it lined up everything was completely systematized it was all perfect mm-hmm. if everything in the bible made perfect sense to man humans it mm-hmm. it would make the most sense that it was written by a bunch of human beings mm-hmm. that like got together and systematized their lists and made sure that everything lined up and, and then put it out and right. said yep look it's mm-hmm. perfect so it's from god yeah. yeah the fact that there's stuff in the bible that's weird and freaks us out and we have to work through it's not like this is not like indisputable video, video evidence in football you know like this is not like because this thing is true because there's confusing things. The Bible must be from God. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like a helpful indicator that there's something else going on here. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that we can make so much sense of these things. If we, if we push our brains to, to, to their limits, Mm -hmm. but even when we push our brains to our, to to their limits, there are some things that we're like, "Ah, I still don't know. Like, I'm still working through this and I can see Mm -hmm. where this is going, but I can't get all the way there. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like Paul talking about Israel in Romans 11. Like he gets to the limits of human reasoning and he's like, He's not like, okay, I quit. He's like, okay, oh, oh, the depths of the wisdom and unsearchable riches of God. How, how amazing are his paths beyond tracing out? Like, yeah, it, it's, yeah. The, the second point is that it's kind of good that we can't get everything in the Bible as humans, because if we could get it all, it would make sense that it was written by humans.
2: Yeah, yeah. so
0: And we're over 30 minutes now.
1: <laughs> I think the most important three words for any Bible student are, I don't know, and not uh, being afraid to say that. When it's true mm-hmm. and be and, comfortable, yeah. just leaving it with God that, um, just trusting that even what we can't understand, we can entrust to God that, that he knows. And we know what he's meant for us to know.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. Doing, doing that, but also let, not letting it drive you to complacency, you know, because it can be dangerous too, to just say, ah, I just don't know. So I'm not going to care. <laughs> right. Like right. N- not knowing things, understanding that you don't know and still coming at the Bible. So trying to, try to glorify God with all of your brain. Yeah. So it's, it's just one of those bouncy you have to strike. But anyways, next week, we'll finish our discussion about the prophets. Yeah. Um, I think that's all we got. That was a very deep theological podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Tyler. Well, it's a subject that um, I'm very interested in right now, um, what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's an area that I'm hoping to grow in. And as I prepare to do some teaching on that, I'm really enjoying um, trying to put those things into practice and just think through my own relationship uh, with Jesus and, and try to grow. So thanks for the conversation on that.
0: Cool. Have a great day, everybody.